Welcome back to your favorite Utah podcast, Utah. I'm your host, Zoe Berman, and today we're going to talk a little bit about water conservation in the lovely state of Utah, so let's just jump into it. Humans, animals, plants all need water. It's important to every living thing on the planet. People use it for cooking, cleaning, watering their crops, livestock, and even recreation. Animals need to drink it, and they need it to sustain the plants that make up their habitats and their diets. Plants need it to grow, to do photosynthesis, and filter out carbon dioxide from the air. Water is critically important to life. Living without water is a death sentence. Humans die in 10 days without drinking water. Yet, water is a limited resource. According to National Geographic, while nearly 70% of the world is covered by water, only 2.5% of it is fresh. The rest is saline and ocean-based. Even then, just 1% of our fresh water is easily accessible, with much of it trapped in glaciers and snowfields. In essence, only 0.007% of the planet's water is available to fuel and feed its 6 billion people. This is why it is very important to conserve this precious vital resource. Water conservation is the key to preserving human and wildlife for future generations to come. In places like Utah that experience drought, water is crucial. Utah needs water to combat the drought season and increasing temperatures. Utah is known for using more water than the national average. This water is used to water lawns and agricultural crops. It's also used in homes for a variety of uses. To compound this already increased water use, Utah's population is expanding, and it will continue to. The issue here is that Utah needs to use less water in order to be able to conserve it, but it still needs water to sustain its increasing population. This episode, we're going to look at this issue, the puzzles surrounding it, and utilize two theoretical perspectives to further analyze it. Utah needs to conserve its groundwater and local bodies of water like the Great Salt Lake. The further decrease in size or complete loss of the Great Salt Lake would be devastating, not only to the state, but to the entire Western Hemisphere. This is because... Every year, 5 million birds from 257 different species rely on the lake to feast during their 1,000-mile or more migrations. They migrate here because it is one of the largest wetland ecosystems in the United States. It is capable of sustaining many diverse animal species. The main food source of many of these birds is the local brine shrimp and brine fly populations that live in and around the Great Salt Lake. However, there has been a decrease in these populations due to increased salinity in the lake. The increased salinity is caused by a new number of diversions of the rivers that feed the Great Salt Lake. Without more fresh water coming into the lake, the concentration of saline in the lake is on the rise because salt does not evaporate out of the lake. The increased salinity is also killing microbial life that lives there. Other North American saline bodies of water are experiencing similar issues. One study conducted at the alkaline Lake Albert in Oregon found that, as the area of Lake Albert decreased and salinity increased, both invertebrate and water bird numbers declined, with especially high salinities associated with the presence of fewer water birds and invertebrates. If trends continue how they have been, this will likely lead to mass deaths of brine shrimp, brine flies, and millions of bird populations in the Great Salt Lake. If the lake continues to shrink, the wetlands that surround it will do so as well. This means that they will dry out and negatively impact the wildlife that lives there. Many insects use the wetlands for their habitats and breeding grounds. 
They additionally provide another food source for local and migratory birds. The puzzle with water conservation in Utah is that although the state needs to reduce the amount of water it's using, the population is ever-expanding. With the population increasing, the need for water also increases. Utah's population is projected to go from 3.1 million today to 5.1 million by 2040. This means that water use will increase exponentially. More people every day will be showering, washing dishes and clothes, and flushing more water than ever. This makes water conservation very complex. In 2010, the national average for water's usage per capita was 88 gallons per capita per day. Utah used a reported 167 gallons per capita per day. This means that the state of Utah was using 79 more gallons per capita per day than any other state. One could only imagine that this rate has increased since then. Utah's increased population brings up another issue. There are more people than the state will need to produce more food crops to sustain them. More food crops and generally increased agriculture will mean that Utah will need to use even more water. Utah's agricultural sector already uses an increased amount of water because it is a desert state. One report published by the Utah Foundation stated that 82% of developed water resources in Utah are already used for agriculture. If more food crops need to be produced, that would greatly increase water use. And as the global climate increases, crops will require more and more water to help them survive through increased hot summer temperatures. Besides running out of water for all of these activities, there are still more dire consequences if Utah's natural bodies of water dry up. Salt Lake City is notorious for having poor air quality. Earlier this year, Salt Lake City was ranked the worst in the United States for bad air quality. If Utah's lakes dry up, the poor air quality will be made exponentially worse. If a lake dries up, it leaves behind a dusty lake bed. This dust then gets picked up by the wind and blown all around the state. This dust has been known to blow all the way into local mountain ranges. According to a study published by BYU, 90% of the dust comes from the exposed beds of the Great Salt Lake, Severe Lake, and other valleys. That dust is large particulate matter, called PM10, and it causes problems for snowpack and water supply in the Wasatch Front region. The aforementioned issues with snowpack are caused by dirty snow having a reduced albedo. A lower snow albedo means that Less solar radiation is reflected back into the atmosphere. That means the temperatures on the ground are increased. This dust can also be harmful to humans because it irritates sensitive airways in the body. Additionally, toxic sediment that was once stored under the lake is now beginning to surface. Another study from BYU collected samples of dust from the dried Utah lakes and found that the dust that they sampled contained potentially toxic metals, and those come primarily from the urban and mining areas. Even though the urban and mining area contributes only a small fraction of the dust load, it contains the most contaminants, such as antimony and copper. Inhalation of these heavy metals can seriously damage the lungs and make people more susceptible to conditions of the lungs. Compounded with Utah's already poor air quality, that is a population of people who are unable to breathe. Let's take a look at this issue from the theoretical perspective of population and scarcity. Although it is known that Utah's population will continue to expand, it is important to factor in technological innovation. The ecologically friendly lifestyle is in rising popularity with younger generations. Studies have shown that the inevitable increase in the population is not as important as how those people choose to live their lives. It is important that these new generations are aware consumers who are aware of their levels of consumption. 
One study found that the main driver of growth and environmental degradation is not population per se, but consumption patterns and levels multiplied by the number of consumers, especially in developed economies. This means that future generations can continue to expand so long as they manage their consumption and subsequent waste. This challenges the Malthusian idea that exponential growth of the population will exhaust the world's resources. If the population increases, so does the number of educated innovators. This means that through induced intensification, there will be technological innovations in the fields of water conservation and agriculture. Some examples of agricultural technology innovations are already in use today. Some of these are moisture sensors which determine when crops actually need to be watered, and precision agriculture systems. With these types of systems set up, there is an increased amount of crops per amount of land. Additionally, they reduce excess water and chemical usage, which is beneficial for the environment. Technological advancement furthers Utah's ability to conserve water. To demonstrate this principle, let's take a look at the Polynesian island country of Tuvalu in 2016. This island's population in 2016 was 11,225 people. This means that all of these people shared their limited land space and resources. The island of Tuvalu is only a little more than 10 square miles wide. Even though they are a tropical island in the ocean, they still must engage in water-conserving practices. This is because of the porous volcanic nature of the soil. This means that islanders have to use cisterns to collect rainwater as the water rapidly soaks through the ground and there are no natural springs or wells on any of the islands. Because they have this system in place, the local Tuvaluan people are highly aware of the amount of water they have available to them. This is important because it allows them to monitor how much water they have and be very connected to it. An issue here in the United States is that the majority of people are not connected to their water. All they have to do is turn a faucet to see an ever-constant supply of water, even in drought states like Utah. The issue of being removed from your source of water plagues Utah specifically because the majority of residents live in a semi-metropolitan area, which is removed from the Utah desert. Furthermore, this removal from the problem allows people to continue to be unaware of Utah's water problems. According to a study titled Social and Geographic Context of Water Concerns in Utah, people who have a moderate amount of activity in nature are more connected and concerned about water. These are people like hikers, bird watchers, and anglers. These people are generally more likely to express concerns about impaired water quality. However, boaters have more positive perceptions of the Utah's water problems and lower levels of concern. This shows that people's removal from nature increases people's unawareness of Utah's water issue. Let's take a look at this issue from the theoretical perspective of markets and commodities. Utah experiences drought every year, and this changes people's behavior around water. In a human behavior identified in the tragedy of the commons, when people's access to a resource is limited, if it becomes available again, people tend to use more of it. In a study done in California, another drought-suffering state, it was reported that, following a period of sustained low demand such as during a drought, communities often increase water use during a hydrologically wet period in a phenomenon known as rebounding water use. Utah, of course, is a state of constant drought and continually goes through the hydrologically dry periods, which means when a wet period finally comes around, people tend to go heavy on their water usage. This phenomenon, from a market-based perspective, can also be identified as supply and demand. 
However, besides water itself, the Great Salt Lake provides so much for the state of Utah. It provides jobs for residents, different materials, wastewater treatment, recreation, and tourism. There are more than 6,500 jobs that are based in and around the Great Salt Lake. The Great Salt Lake Advisory Council has previously noted that as a result of a greatly diminished Great Salt Lake, economic losses in Utah could total $1.69 billion to $2.17 billion per year, or $25.4 billion to $32.6 billion over 20 years. This is because in 2012, the Great Salt Lake was estimated to bring more than $1.3 billion into the state's economy every year, and that has only increased since that point. Some of the minerals that are contained in the Great Salt Lake are things like magnesium, potassium, potash, and trace amounts of other types of minerals. The magnesium in the lake is important not only to the state, but to the entire globe. The lake contains more than 65,000 acres of infill solar ponds, which saves the state around $2 billion annually. This money is saved because the magnesium can be evaporated out of the Great Salt Lake, hence there are no mineral mining costs. The magnesium harvested there is estimated to contribute to about 14% of the world's magnesium. The small contribution allows the price of magnesium to be reduced because it is sourced from multiple countries, which doesn't allow any other magnesium-producing country to have a monopoly on the industry. With all of these activities, the Great Salt Lake is one of the biggest providers of state revenue. The Great Salt Lake is invaluable to the Utah economy. Losing it would have an enormously negative economic impact on the state because jobs would be lost, international and statewide export would be reduced, and state revenue would be greatly reduced. So, what did we learn today? We learned that water conservation is more important to Utah than most people know. The first step to begin to conserve water in Utah is to save the Great Salt Lake. The lake is a migratory stop for millions of species of birds whose population will be negatively impacted by the increased salinity of the lake because it is killing their food sources of brine shrimp and brine flies. The increased salinity is caused by water from river sources being diverted away from the lake. As the lake decreases, the amount of potentially toxic dust it puts off increases. This dust can blow into the mountains and lower the albedo of mountain snowpack, increasing climate change. It will also make the already poor air quality of Utah much worse. With Utah's ever-expanding population, there will be an increased need for water and crops. However, technological innovations and knowledge of water-efficient lifestyles can combat this. The use of cisterns and rainwater collection on the island nation of Tuvalu is an example of this because these are small-scale water-conserving practices. The people of Tuvalu are more aware of their water problem because it is right in front of them. This problem persists in Utah because people are removed from their water source, which means more people need more exposure to the outdoors in order to raise their awareness of Utah's water issue. Utah is a drought state, which means the people here are more likely to use more water than they need for the fear of missing out. The Great Salt Lake provides more than 6,500 jobs for local residents, and it gives the state a multi-billion dollar industry. Water conservation in Utah is important to the lives of people, land, and animals. Everything needs water to drink and clean air to breathe. Conserving Utah's water can help ensure the health of humans and animals alike here in the lovely state of Utah. And before we go, I'd like to give a shout out to Dr. H, our one and only listener. Thank you for listening to You Talk. I would like to take a moment to acknowledge our sources. 
Utah Foundation, Planetizen, National Geographic, ABC4 Utah, Science Daily, Brigham Young University, Friends of the Great Salt Lake, Standard Magazine, geology.utah.gov, The Deseret News, The Salt Lake Tribune, Biological Conservation, Ecological Indicators, Nation Encyclopedia. Thank you to all of our sources.